McClay School's Few Minutes for Families podcast. This is James Milford, head of school at McClay School. We know our families are busy, but never too busy to learn more about their child's opportunities and ways to partner together to better prepare them for the challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. Our promise to you is expert advice, relevant information for your McClay experience, and the best educational journey possible with outstanding educators who do amazing work every day. Today we have lower school music teacher Matt Harmon with us. And Matt, I just have to tell our listeners how much I love the energy that you bring to school every day. Now, part of that is a job requirement, being surrounded by kinder through fifth grade students throughout the way. Fifth grade. Yeah. And it is it's fun to see and and obviously the the biggest uh, for lower school parents, you know this happens, but for our middle and upper school, especially those who came after the lower school, if you didn't experience Grandparents' Day and the production that goes on, first of all, you did a great job. No, thank you. But the energy at that event and just the level of confidence and joy that those kids have on stage, it's hard to get, uh, hard to get that out of the students. So first of all, could you walk us through what you work on in the classroom, and maybe let, let's take the view of pre-kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. What are you trying to teach them? What's the progression? What musical instruments do you use? All right. Just assume I know nothing. Take us through it. All right. Well, the main objective always is going to be from, from pre-K through fifth grade, the, the main objective is music literacy. Can they Can they create, can they understand, like, do they actually understand what they're doing other than just listening and enjoying it? Do you understand what's going on? Do you understand the layers? Do you understand that you you see the patterns? Um, Because there's a lot of that in in the music you're listening to. And sometimes your brain picks up on it, but are you really focused on it? Are you really listening? And that's at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to teach is like, do you understand the music that you're listening to from a much bigger standpoint than, oh yeah, I enjoy it. And in pre-K, we, we start immediately with steady beat. Can you feel that pulse? And that goes pretty much all the way through first grade. But you start giving them a little more stuff to do. A lot of movement in the younger grades because that's how you end up feeling that beat. You understand that you're moving in time through a controlled space. Um, you feel the a lot of march music sometimes. So you feel one heavy beat in one foot, and then you feel a softer beat in the other foot. So you definitely feel a one, two feel. So very strong emphasis on that beat. But then you start applying it. Maybe when they get kindergarten, first grade, you start taking that beat, and you give it a symbol. It could be a sound. Or it could be a silence. And that's how you start the that compositional, that reading aspect. You're reading a beat, a beat of sound and a beat of silence, the quarter note, quarter rest kind of deal. Um, and then starting from there, you can play any percussion instrument we want. It can have a pitch. It doesn't have to have a pitch. Tambourine, drum, maraca. But you just, you can take that small little thing, turn it into a pattern, repeat it four times, let every instrument take a turn, and now you have a four-section piece of music. And you did that with five-year-olds. It doesn't have to be complicated to be meaningful. Right. And so then maybe in the second, third grade, we actually start pitches. We start reading up and down because rhythm is just left to right reading. But then when you start adding pitch in there, you're also reading up and down at the same time. You're reading highs. You're reading lows. You're assigning values to those sounds that isn't just time. It's frequency now. So there's all this math that they're thinking about without actually knowing the math. 
but they're doing it. And it's, it's cool to actually get to see them doing that because right now in second and third grade, we're starting our sight singing skills. Once again, you start with like a four beat rhythm and two pitches, a high one and a low one. In our case, it's soul and me. They know one is higher. They know one is lower. And so you're training their ears. You're training their eyes. You're training their voices all in one small activity in a four beat, in four beat patterns. And then when you get maybe, Maybe, hopefully, my goal is to put a little ukulele or some other fun instruments. I do hear that's your favorite instrument. Oh, it's, it's, it's portable. It's happy. It's fun. <laughs> it's got, it can have all this kind of energy. And like, that's, it's, it's, I've heard it's, uh, I've heard it's me in instrument form. And maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe it's not, but I, I like it. We could run uh, with it. Absolutely. And, uh, much just like, uh, because you can take those sounds, those first ones, soul and me, those are two notes on an open strings on that ukulele. So anything you do in that sight singing, you can immediately transfer over to that ukulele, hmm. at least in the way that I teach it. So not only did you learn to sight, sight sing, but now you're learning to sight read for an instrument. You can take the voice, transfer it over to the instrument, nice and easy like. And that's even, and so it's like you have percussion. By the time you're in third grade, you've had percussion instruments and you're messing with a string instrument. So then in fourth grade, I like to introduce recorder because that's like the first aerophone, the first wind instrument uh, that you – and it's just nice elemental. We learn breath control. We learn the coordination of the fingers. We have a two-item checklist in fourth and fifth grade for that recorder. Am I covering the hole right uh, appropriately is the word we use? Um, or am I blowing too hard or too soft? Um, if you get if, – if you don't like your sound, hit your checklist. Fix one of the two things. If it fixed it, yay. If it didn't, try again. And so you were also uh, training kids to be accountable for their sounds. They realize that they made a mistake. We don't single them out. We say, oh, there was a problem. This is how we fix it. And within a couple tries, hopefully we get it. There's a, there's a problem. A solution is presented. We try to move on. There's no, in, in, especially in our class, and the first key to success is respect. Be respectful. And like that, I feel that that's a big way, the, the easiest way that I can show that to the kids is like, don't single anybody out. Don't, especially if, especially if they're wrong. You can make mis, uh, like I loved Miss Frizzle growing up. Like take chances, make mistakes, get Ms. messy. Miss Frizzle, the magic school bus. Like that, yes. just that she is my hero. Even though she's a fictional teacher, she's still a, a personal hero because she's got the energy, she's got the, the passion, she's got the vibe. And I learned so much cool things about science. That's right. But it was also, she, the, the main thing, like I said, take chances, get messy, like make mistakes, get messy, that thing. In, in the music classroom, it's the perfect opportunity to make mistakes. You hear it, you experience it, and you say, oh, let me try that again. And then you do, and then you're like, oh, cool. Then you, once again, practice again to like kind of confirm that maybe, maybe that success was a mistake. So then you start working on consistency. And so it's like, oh, cool, I can do that just with a little practice and trying again until I get it right. And then so by the time fifth grade has come through, I want these kids to be touching percussion instruments. They want to play a string instrument. I want to touch wind instruments because then when they get to middle school, they can choose to be in chorus. They can choose to be in band or orchestra. And they don't really, they're not overwhelmed by, oh, I, I'm learning this all for the first time. They're just super exposed. How do you see music transition in other classes, in other disciplines? I mean, you had just mentioned that uh, in a sneaky sort of way, you know, they're thinking about math. They're thinking about patterns. Where else do you see that in the work that you do? Oh, like I tell them all the time. Music is two things. Music is math. Music is science. Because it's, it's science because you can experience it, and it's math because you can measure almost any aspect in it. So we do a lot of actual, in our rules in math, we actually end up doing a lot of addition and subtraction 
just the, basically that skill itself, addition and subtraction, because when we're looking at measures, especially in fourth and fifth grade now, they see rules, the time signature at the front. It says how many beats are allowed in this measure. And that can be any symbol, but it can only total four beats at a time. Hmm. So some kids, they'll add through, and then you're like, wait, they're asking for something that doesn't fit in the measure, and you say, check that again. So they have to do that mental math themselves, and then they go, oh, got it. But then, so it's like, just then the experiment, the experimenting of science, it's like the, tr- the trial and error. You, you, you didn't get it? Try something else. Is it going to work? Like, test your hypothesis. Test something new. We love talking about music technology in that aspect, too, because, like, the science aspect. We look at uh, boom whackers. They're tubes of different lengths, right? Mm-hmm. We, we look at the tubes. We see that three have the different, they each have a letter C on them, but one is six inches, one is 12 inches, and the other is 24 inches because then we learn right there that the longer the instrument gets, the lower it gets, but also twice the length of the instrument is going to produce twice as low. It's like, so you see it, we see the measurement aspect of it too, and then we hear the, the sound difference and it's, and that can just transfer over to anything because they're now aware, especially in math. Math and science, almost always, they can make that transfer over just in the trial and error and the measurements parts. But I also like to talk a lot about history. I'd like focus on one, basically, I, I focus on a composer a week. They are the composer of the week. And the thir- second through fifth grade gets that because the little kids kind of get a little bit bored. They love the music, but they kind of get a little bit bored when I gotta start talking active. about a guy. Yeah, gotta stay active. So it's like, yeah, that's why yeah. most of their class is moving or singing or they're doing something. But the older kids, I'm, get, I'm talking right now, I'm talking about Tchaikovsky. I'm talking about the Nutcracker. But then I also get to sneak in a little bit of Russian history because we're talking about the, we were just talking about the French invasion of Russia and how they held them off and then why Tchaikovsky wrote the 1812 Overture to celebrate that. So we use the music to tie into, oh, what was going on at that point in history? Like there was stuff actually happening in the world. And we also say, it's like, guess what? America was a country at this time. America wasn't a country at this time because we started with Bach. USA wasn't a country. But by the time we got to uh, Mozart, by the time Mozart had passed away, America was a country. Right. So by the time Beethoven was a composer, people were jamming out to that in the United States if they had the availability of an orchestra, which was kind of rare, but still. Like, if they had the opportunity to go overseas, oh, that's the people they would see. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to say, it's like, we're trying to take all this European history, because that's kind of where we are right now, music-wise, and we try to say, what is also going on at this time over here as well? Well, what wonderful context to be able to add that into a class where I, I believe generally when the uneducated masses, let's just say, think about lower school music, it's you're playing on a xylophone, learning a few things. That's right. It's part (laughs) of it. Uh, The richness of what you deliver in the classroom is really amazing. Excellent job. Uh, Maybe final question here. I know that part of the PRISM concert that's coming up in December, uh, just for the listeners, I'm not sure if this podcast will be out by then, but this is one of the first steps of a aggressively expanding performing arts department here at McClay's. Matt coming in was uh, one of a few new professionals that we have here on campus to help us really take the next step. The PRISM concert is, I would say, a, a showcase of the many bands and individuals here on campus. But one of the things that really got uh, going in some of the conversations was the idea of the adults on campus, the faculty on campus that uh, were 
performed, but never quite together. And so now I believe the faculty band is the hot lunches. The hot lunches. The hot lunches. That's what they are called. So I'd love to hear your experience as you came into McClay this year and our current attitude about investing in the arts or performing arts in general with, we've got Dr. Spots, we've got Aaron Seiler, we've got you coming in, we've got Jennifer Corzine, we've got Cindy. And I know that I've been a part of a few conversations, really ambitious, really exciting uh, conversations going on. But And I have the benefit of being here for a little <laughs> bit of time, but how's it been for you the first uh, first half of the year? I've I've actually been quite supported. So many people around campus have been asking me, what do I need to be successful? And not just like for my kids, but me too, which is almost always left out of the picture in some other areas. So it's that was really just refreshing, hmm. knowing that I didn't have to worry about certain aspects of performances, that I could focus on music, and then other people would assist with that uh, other stuff, which was helpful. And so stress got taken off my back. So it was, that was awesome. And then just being able to be able to work with Jennifer Corazine. She's been here forever and she's, she is just well known in Tallahassee as just a solid music teacher. And then being able to work with these two new guys coming in, both Aaron's, Mr. Uh, Dr. Spots and Mr. Seiler, like they're so knowledgeable and it's really cool to actually get to talk to other musicians on campus too. Cause it's like, I'm not just by myself. There's other music educators. So we can all kind of also see what do we want to, what do we want to see from the lower school through the high school? Because the other two, uh, well, Mr. Spots and Mr. Seiler, they, they teach both middle school and high school respectively. And so we just want to see that natural progression from the elementary school through the high school. So it's like, that would be really cool to see us just talking about how that would end up looking. This is really nice to see all the, like I said, it's cool to see lots of musicians on campus that are not just music teachers, but they're actually musicians. Right, right. We can have real musical conversations. Well, and that's the, one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, working at a pre-K through 12 school is the idea that we can have a one school conversation, a one school attitude. And I'm personally excited in my sixth year to be able to take the steps that we've taken this year and absolutely amazed at just in the the few months that you and and the two errands as you said as they've added to the team have really moved the students and the program forward and so, the kids the, i know the middle school kids those orchestra kids they love mr siler oh yeah because i because i have a couple of them in my class because he also teaches some of the lower school kids and like they're just all about him too so well it is uh it is all about the people so i'm glad you're one of the people oh, me too <laughs> me too <laughs> Matt, thank you for being here. And yes, parents, sir. at McClay School, we strive to help our students be inspired, determined, and unstoppable. If you feel this information is helpful and may inspire others, please share it. Also, if you have topics or questions you would like covered in the Few Minutes with Families podcast, please email podcast at org. Until next time, ever forward. <laughs>